Today is the 10th of May, 2022, and we set our hearts on this training of the mind, because this mind is an element that knows all the various moods and sense impressions, and if the mind lacks strength and lacks wisdom, then the mind chases after all these moods and sense impressions, sometimes liking, sometimes disliking. If we're in a mood to laugh, then we laugh. If we're in an angry mood, then we're angry. If we're in a greedy mood, then we're greedy. And the mind chases after these moods like this. This is nature. We feel liking, we feel disliking, we feel anger, hatred, fear, and so on. And all these moods arise and cease. And we get all these different moods and sense impressions when the mood's liking, then the mind likes as well. When there's disliking, the mind dislikes as well. A mood of fear, and the mind's afraid. A mood of hate, and the mind has hatred. So it's like this. And if there's a lot of fear, a lot of hatred, a lot of anger, and so on, to the degree that it's more than usual, it's not a normal amount, and the mind is not able to be stable, then at this point the mind is very agitated and chaotic. It can get to the point where one can't eat and can't sleep. This is the arising of disease. And so we have to train to give rise to knowing in the mind, to give rise to vijja, this clear knowing. As the Buddha met with the truth of the way things are, the Satcha Dhamma, they saw the truth according to nature, this truth of reality. And the Buddha taught about this Dhamma. But whether the Buddha awakens in the world or not, this nature of Dhamma, this nature of reality is there. This Dhamma, which we call nature, or say nature is Dhamma, has the same characteristics that phenomena arise, arise based on a cause. And with, with this cause, that arises. And with that cause, this arises. And so it's like this. But for our minds, lacking wisdom, lacking knowing, we don't accept this nature of reality. We go against it. Get lost in clinging to nature as self. For instance, this physical body which nature has built up, the mind clings to it as self. And the body changes and alters, and the mind opposes this. And this is what happens. Nature is like this in every life. It's every lifetime is full of suffering like this. And we may some may think that if one has a lot of material gain, then one will have happiness. But then the suffering, this dukkha, arises yet again in the form of worry and concern for all these belongings. So we need to be able to give our minds a true refuge. And when we have the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha as our refuge, then we have to practice following the teachings of the Buddha 
is paying homage through our practice, the Bhatibhata Puja. So we have this faith, this belief in the Buddha and his teachings, and we strive to practice them, to have effort and perseverance. And the mind receives many moods and sense impressions, and we like them or dislike them. But we practice to have mindfulness and wisdom with this, to contemplate it as something impermanent, something uncertain. The things that we like, it's unsure, it's uncertain. There may be a food that we like a lot, but if we eat it every single day, then one day we don't like it anymore. So we see that it's uncertain and unstable like this. So if we have a lot of liking, then we teach the mind that it's uncertain. If we have hatred, we teach the mind it's uncertain. If we have fear, we teach the mind it's uncertain. So you teach the mind like this, whatever feeling arises, it's uncertain, it's unsure. So we need to have wisdom to teach our minds. And this is the mind state of vipassana, of clear seeing. But if the mind lacks strength and energy, and we teach the mind that things are uncertain and unsure, the mind won't believe it. This is the mind that's lost already. So we see the stubbornness of a mind like that. It's like a small child, and the father and mother try to teach that child, but the child simply doesn't believe the parents. So this is something that takes time when the mind is lost like this. So we have to come and practice bringing the mind to peace and collectedness, to give rise to mindfulness and knowing when the mind is lost like this. We practice to train the mind in wisdom, to train the mind in peace and tranquility and shamatha, to see the breath as it goes in and out, to recite the mantra Bhutto. We can separate out the natural elements of earth, air, fire, and water, or separate out the five aggregates so we see the elements and see the aggregates for what they are. Separate out the body into earth, air, fire, and water. Or we look at the different khandhas of form, feeling, tone, perception, mental formations, and consciousness. We separate it out like this. We see that the Buddha taught 84,000 Dhamma verses but they all gather together in this one point that the five aggregates are impermanent suffering and not self. And if the mind clings to them, then suffering arises right there. Venerable Ajahn Chah compared it to like a glowing red hot iron ball. Whether wherever we touch it, above, on the side, or below, it's hot all around. And these five aggregates are the same way. At whatever time we cling to them, and suffering arises at that time. This is the truth that the Buddha awakened to, the truth of suffering, the truth of the cause of suffering, the truth of freedom from suffering, and the truth of the path to the cessation of suffering. So we see this quality of dukkha, of suffering, and there can be a lot of dukkha, and it's because of a cause, this cause of clinging, or we can say ignorance, craving, and attachment. 
And whenever we have ignorance, craving, and attachment, then suffering arises right there. Birth and becoming arise right there. So knowing this, then we must train and practice because we see that no one wants suffering. No one wants to have hatred or vengeance or hurting. There's this ignorance and so there's a lot of liking and disliking and therefore a lot of drawback. And when there's no loving kindness, no compassion in the world, when others get good things, then there's no mudita, no sympathetic joy. And then one is, doesn't rejoice for them. So we see that these four Brahma-viharas, these four divine abidings, care for the mind very well. They're the anuraka kamatana, a protective meditation object. Because when we have loving kindness, we don't wish to injure or punish or hurt others. When we see others in suffering, we want to help. And we see that it's the nature of the defilements to like having jealousy. When others receive something good or have something positive, then we feel jealousy. But the one who feels jealous doesn't put in the causes to gain those similar good things and just has jealousy. And we see that it's taught that one with jealousy is born in a low status, has a bad status and bad birth, but one who has sympathetic joy gets born in a, with a high status because of this quality of mudita. And we see that this quality of jealousy, one sees someone has something good and one feels jealous. This quality of jealousy just makes things worse. It doesn't improve the situation at all. And if one puts in good causes, then one can improve one's situation. So we need to train the mind to have wisdom, to follow the Buddha. And the Buddha taught these four noble truths already. So we see that it is possible for the mind to be free of suffering, to be free of defilement, free of ignorance, craving and attachment. And we see that when we train the mind properly, there's no place for ignorance to arise. Because when clear knowing is present, then ignorance can't coexist with it. Ignorance can't be there. And in order to give rise to clear knowing, we have to walk this path of virtue, collectedness, and wisdom. We have to put forth effort and try to do it, to practice and train. And we have this firm belief that this is the way, the way to see the Dhamma to train the mind not to fall into liking or disliking, but to practice sitting and walking meditation, to be sincere in one's effort. Because to have, because we have time, and saying that we have time means that we can do this, we can practice mindfulness, we can train in mindfulness. For instance, we're cooking, making food, working, cleaning, doing dishes, and whatever the activity is, we add in the quality of mindfulness in the present moment, not to proliferate about the past or future. And so right then and there, we're practicing meditation already.
there's no need to go spend money to make donations and merit in that way. We can do the practice wherever we are. And if we can't do that, then we do generosity first to make the mind meritorious and bright. We practice that every single day to give rise to fullness and ease of heart. So we see that this practice of generosity has value. If we don't do it, then the mind feels dry and lacking. So we see that these physical forms, these sankaras, are always aging, so they don't have any value. But if we have wisdom, then we can use this physical form to have great value. And every breath that goes in and out is one less breath that we have in this world. So our breaths are constantly lessening. Therefore, we should make merit and do goodness to strive and have effort in our practice. And in the end, we can realize happiness and fullness of heart. And when this happens, the mind has strength and energy all by itself. In the beginning, we rely on the support and power of the great teacher to help us, to boost us up. But then as we keep going, then we start to have confidence in ourselves to bring the mind to samadhi, to collectedness, and to contemplate, to separate out the body into the four elements, to separate out the khandas of materiality, feeling tone, perception, mental formations, and consciousness, to bring the mind to emptiness. Then this faith and belief becomes firm, that we see the way to understand the Dhamma. And it's something that when we've seen already, we've seen materiality and mentality as not-self, seen the mind become bright and rapturous, collected in samadhi. Then we have this belief firmly established to a certain degree, but we don't stop there. We keep striving, putting forth effort to make this quality of samadhi more and more stable, to make samadhi and mindfulness firm and well-established. This is walking the path of sila, samadhi, and panya. And the mind gathers together more and more, bit by bit. One sees more and more clearly, has more strength and energy. And then this energy becomes even more, and the Buddha arises in the heart, in one's own self. So we walk and sit, and the practice happens on its own. We don't have to control anymore. We don't have to force ourselves. But the practice happens naturally on its own. And we feel light and we don't hate. So this is giving oneself, pouring oneself into the practice. So we have time, we have this opportunity. So may you practice samadhi and wisdom separate out the natural elements of the body to make the mind empty. And so this is seeing the fruits of Dhamma practice, the seeing clearly, which is seeing the Buddha, seeing the Buddha in our own hearts. So we have this good fortune. So we practice and strive, practice meditation to train our minds to see the Dhamma in this very life.
we don't have to wait for the next lifetime, but we practice to the fullest of our ability in this life. So may you all set your hearts on this.